Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sports United podcast. We are back again to break down all the exciting trade deadline news and trades that happened and what that means for the rest of the season and the push towards the playoffs. Um, as always, we have our very special guests here, though I really shouldn't call them guests anymore. They're essentially hosts and members of the show. Uh, so we got a whole slew of them here today. Uh, Charles, welcome back to the show. Always good to be here with your brother. Good, good to see you hanging out there on the West Wall out here on the East. Sophie holding it down, keeping Newfoundland from floating away into the ocean. Thank you, uh, as always, for uh, staying up late out there. Oh, I'm trying my hardest here. I'll uh, see what I can contribute tonight. And our uh, fateful watchman up north, making sure uh, nobody comes over top to uh, take away our hockey. Uh, Kenzie, uh, how much snow is up there? Uh, too much. Too like, much. wait, <laughs> it'll melt in May. It's fine. And our, uh, it's way too expensive to send you to the GTA. So GTA adjacent in Peterborough. Uh, Cole, how's it going? It's going good. I'll take it. I want to, I like the GTA in spurts. It's way too high of rent to, to send you there. Yeah. Uh, so about a month later than normal, uh, we had our uh, trade deadline day. And every year, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, you kind of feel for the people on TV when it's not good because they got to fill all that time. Uh, but they get paid the big dollars where we just uh, sit back and uh, watch them do their work. And then we take what they say and go from there. And I would say this trade deadline day was uh, all we could have hoped for. Pretty much bottled up the past two years uh, of what uh, we were used to and just like uh, every good trade deadline day it uh, started a few days before uh, the actual day and sometimes that's a little worrisome because that means well, maybe the day will be lackluster but we're going to go around and we're going to talk about our favorite trades and uh, why uh, why it makes sense why some teams got fleeced uh, Charles, we're going to start with you. What is, uh, what was, uh, one of your favorite trades that, uh, took place this past week? Uh, actually, it may be a little off the board. People may not have rated as high, but actually my favorite is probably Marc-Andre Fleury going to the Minnesota Wild simply for very few facts other than there was a lot of hype and speculation, Colorado, Toronto, Edmonton, um, everyone thinks, well, why Colorado? The don't think as much as faith that they have in Darcy Kemper. I don't think he's actually that great a goalie. Um, they could definitely have used a little bit of a backup. Uh, Toronto and Edmonton were desperate for goalies. And then suddenly out of left field, here comes the Minnesota Wild, snatching up probably the best goalie on the market, even though he wasn't technically on the market. Who knows? Uh, came out afterwards that Minnesota was the only place he would accept the trade to since it is relatively close to Chicago geographically. So he doesn't really have to uproot the family. He can leave them there. He's not too far away. Uh, but this instantly gives Minnesota credibility in net when you have Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. I mean, Fleury's pedigree speaks for itself. Three Stanley Cups. 
uh, Vezna Trophy last year, took Vegas in the first year all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I mean, Fleury's been to five Stanley Cup Finals in his career, won three, lost two. So he knows every up and down you're going to see in the playoff. So you put that in there, and obviously Minnesota did a couple other good trades, getting Nick Gloria and Jacob Middleton, really solidifying the middle six of their lineup, uh, taking some of the pressure off Marcus Foligno having to be the big baddie out there. Nick Gloria can do that all on his own. So, but the minute, but the Mark Andre Fleury trade really, I thought, I thought put Minnesota in a great position because really they're going to do battle with the Avalanche if they get it out of round one. You know they're going to be facing Colorado round two, and. The Mark Andre Fleury trade is specifically to address that need because, you know, Colorado's going to come at you with a thousand guns blazing. So I love the Mark Andre Fleury trade. Yeah, the, the fans of Minnesota are probably dying for a deep playoff run. They haven't had one since the Wild went to the uh, West Finals in 03 against Anaheim. Two Cinderella stories. One of them had to end. Unfortunately, it was Minnesota's. So they haven't had a good playoff run in almost 20 years. They're, they're due. I'm not going to lie. I did not see Minnesota landing uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, just, you know, all the talk uh, being in Edmonton, you know, they desperately wanted him. Uh, I mean, how can you hate the guy? I mean, even when uh, you know, the series where Ottawa played them and they chased Fleury from the net, of course, you're happy because you're like, ah. uh, ultimately, that was the series turner. But what he does for for where he plays, how he conducts himself. He's been the utmost professional, losing the starting job, uh, then getting picked in an expansion draft, taking them so far, and then, you know, whatever happened behind the scenes in Vegas, uh, going to Chicago, and now, uh, like you said, Minnesota close by. Uh, it's they're, they're gearing up, and they pulled the trigger at the right time. Uh, you know, how can you not cheer for the guy? unless he's playing your team then well he's such a likable goalie that mm-hmm. like i don't think it matters what team he goes so you'll always be a mark andre well i'm always a mark andre fan like even though he left chicago um kind of really happy for him because you know he'll have a team in front of him that'll play a better defense like as much as i am a hawks fan we suck um <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> at least i can admit it um but I think um, Minnesota's always been quiet, I find. Um, they always kind of are like the dark horse that will kind of always slip into the playoffs and people kind of count them out. And um, I think this will be a good one. Like he said when he was on um, Trade Center, when they called him in, um, Flurry wants another playoff chance. And I think it's Minnesota's going to give him that. I also find it ironic that he played Vegas <laughs> right when he got traded. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of funny how that worked out, but... Um, no, you got to cheer for the guy. Don't forget the past um, connection there. Look who Minnesota's oh, GM is. Feel, uh, uh, yeah, Garen. Yeah, so I forgot that, about that. That played a huge factor in him going to Minnesota beyond the geographical thing. Uh, he knows Billy Garen. You know, they were teammates. I'm sure that helped sell Minnesota to him as well. It has to. All those ex-players now becoming general managers, uh, you know, sometimes that, that pays off whether you're a coach or a GM, you have that connection. You can draw uh, some of those experienced players uh, years down the road to you. And uh, it's not collusion. It's not uh, cheating at, at all. It's just that uh, friendship. Uh, Sophie, uh, what was uh, one of your favorite trades that, uh, that happened? 
Um, I really liked Colorado adding Lekkonen to their um, lineup. I, um, I'm kind of going to tie this into like the Giroux Panthers because I honestly thought Giroux was going to go to Colorado. Like I thought Colorado was in like the top three for Giroux to go to. Um, then like then I thought Colorado was unstoppable. I already think they're going to probably make a deep playoff run. I feel like I hate saying that like it's their year, but I always am pulling for Nathan McKinnon. Um, they already have a solid base. So adding Lekkonen will really just diversify them. And I'm hoping they get to at least a conference final. Well, as a Habs fan, I was actually pretty sad to see Lekkonen go because God, I love that, what, what he's done for us over the last few years. Um, I, th- I don't think you can understate or, or overstate. I don't, think, I don't think there's any way you can actually properly describe just what he brings to a team. So I think Colorado is going to really benefit from him being there. Bit of a heavy price to pay for the Avalanche. Justin Barron yep. wins to become Montreal's best defensive prospect and the 2024 second rounder. So, yeah, I mean, it's a couple years down the road, but it's a second round pick. That's a high price to pay. But, no, oh, that, that's a great pickup for the Avalanche. Uh, really lengthens out their bottom, the, the middle six, really. So, yeah, and um, I think uh, Cogliano went there too, like an acquired mm-hmm. or trade too. And um, I've been following him a little bit too. May- picked him a couple of times. And I don't know. I think uh, I'm really excited for this year's playoffs. I honestly must say. It, it, the playoffs can't come soon enough. I know we're clamoring. It's that springtime tradition. Uh, we're, you know, just under 20 games-ish, depending on the team. Uh, so we're we're getting there. You know, take a few naps and uh, give it a end of March, and uh, we'll be we'll be so close. Uh, Kenzie, what is uh, a trade that you really liked uh, that occurred? Um, I was a big fan of. It's kind of an underrated trade, but Brent Kulak to Edmonton. Um, I did like the return that Montreal was able to get. William Lagason was the cap piece coming back. Um, Edmonton is close to the cap, adding Kulak's salary, which was double Lagason. That kind of had to be a deal or they'd be over. Um, and then essentially getting those picks that they got as well. Um, originally, I had seen the seventh, and then the second just kind of showed up there. It's like, oh, we, uh, we, we stole him. <laughs> um, that was one that I liked. I also liked the Lekkonen trade that Sophie had mentioned. The return was just fantastic. I agree. Yeah, there. It's not. It's not always the flashy trades that uh, that set you apart or win you playoff rounds. Uh, sometimes it's those ones that people scratch your head or go uh, like, uh, "Yeah, sure, okay, they did something," and then you know, weeks down the road, you go, "Ah, I that I see it." <laughs> I see it now. It clicks. Um, you know, that's why uh, those people are paid big bucks to be general manager and uh, we are not. Cole, what is a trade that you uh, you really like? Uh, for me, Sophie definitely mentioned it. Uh, the Colorado trade, getting Lekkonen and Caldwiano was just the icing on the cake for them. They have such a powered offense already and they finally need that kind of backup presence on defense in the next like two to three lines. It just adds it all down perfectly and helps them down the stretch. Um, what I 
the I will say one I didn't understand really was the uh, Mark Giordano going to the Leafs. Oh my I god! Found it, <laughs> I found it yeah. funny that they were really mad that they didn't get Mark Andre Fleury, but like they don't have any cap space. They're not willing to trade anybody. What do they expect? And they pick up a defenseman. I don't know. Yeah, I try not to give the Leafs any attention. Um, <laughs> we all know how much I hate the Leafs. I hate the Leafs so much, and I don't know why. Um, I think it's fair to say we all hate the Leafs. With a passion. That's what <laughs> and, just makes uh, it so much, so funny. I do apologize I to the, the resident Leaf um, analyst <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, Alvaro is still on parental leave, so... Uh, he was not able to make it. Uh, we didn't. We can't defend him. himself right now. <laughs> we can't defend. We gave him the extended parental leave because, of course, we all make so much money off this podcast and have benefits and everything. Um, so he wasn't able to make it and defend himself. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of the Leafs, can we? Speaking of the Leafs, though, can we talk about like how much Kyle Dubas at, like hates Kyle Davidson right now? Or like oh there, there's gonna be oh, a Kyle fight. Up about that. He was salty, man. He was salty as fuck. Like, oh wait, are we allowed to swear? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, like he hated that, and like, not it's not to say that Davidson leaked it. Like, I'm sure other people heard about it too, but I just think it's funny they're like pointing fingers at each other, and they're two grown men, like. But yeah, they're named Kyle, and not to be. You know, I know. You're gonna have a Kyle off. Just, uh, I know it's hilarious. <laughs> they should just drink a monster and punch a hole. In the- <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Just for a second, though, if you know, if you want to take with the reported face value of what the Hawks were offering, though, Mark Andre Fleury and Brendan Hagel for a first round pick. Uh, one of the league's top prospects, and there was one other piece which I cannot remember off the top of my head. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm fucking Kyle Dubas, I'm doing that trade in a heartbeat because I know that my defense actually is halfway decent. It doesn't really need a huge improvement. My forwards can outscore most of our mistakes. Yeah. But the one glaring weakness we have had, and I'm saying this we as if I was a Toronto GM, the (laughs) one weakness we've had for years, and it can go all the way back to 2013 against the Boston Bruins, was goaltending. Goaltending has never been the least strength post-lockout. Postseason long lockout. Beforehand, they had Cujo, they had Eddie the Eddie the Eagle, they had great goalies. Ever since that season long lockout, goaltending has been actually a, a, a killer for them. They they have not had consistent great goaltending, save for Freddie Anderson, but only in the regular season he seemed to usually go to sleep in the playoffs and then they would wind up losing a series. But okay, I would have done that deal in a heartbeat for Mark Andre. They're, they're uh, really they don't want to give anybody up. That's, that's no, they're yeah. really possessive of their first round draft pick, and I don't like it's if they if they intend to go as deep as they think they can, it's going to be a late first round pick anyways, and yeah. usually those teams are willing to give that up because they're like, ah, oh, I mean, if we won the Stanley Cup, it's pick thirty two. Like, whoop de doo. Yeah. At that point, we won the Stanley Cup. Like. For some reason, they've never like in in all the talks. They're like, no, our first round pick has been like off the table. It's like, do do they expect to find a goalie this draft? Like that's gonna be available when they're gonna like. There's something 
that they're very possessive on and i found they're very possessive of their picks anyways but you you're not rebuilding anymore you're at the point where you should no. be thriving so that's when the point you dump those first and second round picks be, to get those building pieces that are going to get you over the hump be, be you know that's what you got to do that's that's gm 101 i mean look at look at julian breezeball in tampa bay that guy has got some shrewd thinking in his head. He's very smart. Sending two now, you know, there's a one. The condition on both first round picks and then the Hagel trade was that they're top ten protected. So I mean, obviously Tampa probably won't be a top ten, you know, bottom ten team in the league next year. But smart on them anyway. And it cost them Matthew Joseph and a fourth rounder towards Ottawa. But they they trade away two firsts to, for a chance to run it back a third time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like keep, keep they going until it stops, right? Like, That's smart. That's called taking a risk because you want to run it back and be the first real dynasty since the Islanders in the 80s. Yeah. And if it keeps working, why fix it? Exactly. exactly. Keep going until everyone retires or it stops working and then, you know, oh, you might not have assets for a year or two in, in the draft, but that's when you you rebuild and you go, okay, like, let's retool this and go at it again. And if it's the same GM or, you know, obviously Stevie Y was a big part in, you know, oh, yeah. manufacturing that, but uh, you know, he was around as well. He wasn't just some guy off the street. Like he studied under Stevie Y that's why he got the job. So I think he kind of has an idea of how to do a blueprint and whether, you know, he goes, Hey Tampa, sorry, we've been, you know, winning so much. We might have to suck for two years and then be back. I, you know, everyone's going to still be on a boat drunk. They're going to be fine. They're not. They'll, they'll no, watch baseball or they'll watch. They'll football, still be there. Know? Like the Tampa <laughs> aren't like Tampa Bay aren't going anywhere. Exactly. exactly. Well, Kudrov is going to a long-term injured reserve and coming back. So that's all like, that's just <laughs> like, fuck. Like he's just, I'm who's sorry. The, I, who's the I doctor do like that him. prescribes the LITR? I, I want, I want him as a doctor. I don't know. He's, but on but, that note though, did you notice that like, um, so Ekblad went there, like he's, mm-hmm. the, and they cleared up space to get Giroux by doing that. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Pardon? Philly did eat half of Giroux's cap. Hit, yeah, they did. Yeah. No, don't forget it. It wasn't like they, they took on the full million dollar cap hit. It's only no. four and four something. No, but, um, well, that's the yeah, thing too, right? I, like the cap's not going up for a little bit so teams have to do these finagle and 50 percent off players for a little bit until the cap goes up whenever that is 2025 or who knows uh well about two years i mean if next year's all things is good it should be back to normal the year after that so probably by uh summer 2023 23 24 24 we should be ready just need to go up that's all I can see that I can see them pushing it until 20 the fall of uh the fall of 24 just as a reassurance to pay back loan or whatever um they have to do um but yeah you're definitely next year the year after that they'll take a look and see what what's right like I'm a financial analyst and I know what's happening (laughs) Yeah, just put it all on red, you know? Clear the debt, yeah. and it's I mean, fine. I mean, Vegas is behind an eight ball. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but oh, boy, they're behind the eight ball big time. 
So one trade uh, I like uh, has nothing to do with uh, my team. Well, it has to do with a former player. Uh, it's Edmonton getting Derek Brassard. He is the ultimate, you know, grinded out player. Uh, you know, he really fills a role and he, he shows up in the playoffs when you need him. Uh, he can be put on the first line. He can he be fine on the third line and he will still produce. He's a great uh, penalty killer. Uh, he just goes, goes, goes. Uh, and going from uh, the Flyers to Edmonton is really going to help Edmonton, uh, you know, stay in that playoff race and you know what the city's been hoping for uh make a deep run because you know you can hear it being uh being here on location fans are starting to get that uh you know a little bit of uh why can't we win because look at what we got because you can't build a team off of two superstars like don't get me wrong i'm I'm sorry (laughs) i am big mcdavid and dry subtle fans like i am big fans of theirs and um i am secretly an oilers fan for life because that's what i was brought up as but i feel like everyone else just needs to like and the start of the year was pretty good um i find like edmonton almost has like the toronto effect where like the media um the fans Mm -hmm. kind of really affect how they play and it's a sin because edmonton could be really great like there's a bunch of different players that could be really great. I'm a Yamamoto fan. Like I've been on his train this year. He, um, I think Edmonton just needs to be more consistent. Um, that's the thing. But like, I think they're starting to be more consistent with the win streaks they're putting up. But it's funny that you say that the media thing. Uh, you know, when they were constantly losing, having that losing streak, it was just it. It felt like a rain cloud was over the city. Uh, and then people stopped talking about it, I guess, because they were tired of hearing about it. And then they started going on win streaks. And it was like, uh, you know, when they played Colorado, they were uh, on a five game win streak. And I kept hearing every radio station I turned to, they're like, man, or, you know, another win last night. Like, oh, and then, you know, they lose in overtime. So they still get that important point. And it's to Colorado. So, you know, to take them to overtime, that's a good test to see where they are currently. Uh but yeah, so like they next, can do it. Like they can that's the do thing. it. It's like on the radio the next day, they were like, because they had a back to back. They were like, oh, you know, we lost to Colorado in an, in overtime. We got another game tonight. Uh, but it was that like hopeful tone, not we lost in overtime. Like, what the hell is so I I'm hoping there's a turn because once you get that media, you know, like in Toronto, like it, it's just that's why people don't play there. Yeah, it's Who funny like to go to the trend. grocery store and get noticed when you can go to Minnesota, be Mark Andre Fleury, and people be like, I like your hair and not know who he is. Or Arizona, where you just walk around on a campus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Attend a class, you know, just get some free meals. Go to meal hall. Be like, what up, Brad? We're going to the quad later. Oh, I got practice, man. I'm on the skeet suit shooting team, don't you know? oh man it's it's uh, tough though but um i don't know i think if it comes to the battle of alberta again i oh. i don't know if this is because i watched the flames game like i watched a playoff game in calgary but and my friend is like the biggest flames fan ever but it's hard not to think that they're gonna go far too like adding to foley now i know that was what back in february they added to foley um yeah 19 games ago yeah and um well stats guy 
precisely. And they added uh, Yarncrock, um, and then Ryan Carpenter going yeah. over from the Blackhawks. Like they're they're also solidifying for a really deep playoff run. So I love to see a battle of Alberta again. Just excited to feel playoff energy in a city. They, it's 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 you know it's going to be different because it's not going to be my team. Uh, but it's still. Are you going to be that energy. guy that wears an Ottawa jersey? I will never be a person who goes to a game when my <laughs> when the teams aren't playing. I'm not going to be that guy that shows up to, you know, Ottawa, Minnesota with a Bruins jersey. Like, okay. as much as I like friends. to wear jerseys and be like, oh, I'm not going to be that guy. I think I wore a Team Canada jersey when I watched um, the Habs and Oilers play. And I think that's okay. I, See, that's yeah. okay. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. So like, I figured I that a was a good Canada neutral. Jersey. I could I could do that, but yeah. Uh, no, I, I can't. Edmund, you know, Edmonton, uh, if they, you know, Vegas or even Colorado, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm wearing Ottawa. It's not even the same division, like same conference. Like, uh, I'm going to I'm going to be on Reddit that night being like, this guy's confused. Oh, but then you would be famous. Uh, yeah. But listen now, if you did that, you would start getting like you would start going viral. And then maybe would people would attach your name to this podcast, and then well, just, just wait. Uh, just kidding, until, marketing here. <laughs> you know, just wait until I start to get those uh, big paychecks from uh, the, uh, the new job. Uh, I might have a, a special license plate lined up for. Uh, ooh. ooh, got, got uh, just like I did uh, when this podcast was located in the Flatlands. I had a, uh, a CFL centric. Uh, license plate which i still have i keep uh, as many license plates as i can so uh, plan is to to continue that tradition as they're awesome. not as expensive as they are in ontario so and you only need one so you don't have to pay a uh, double bill exciting what do you guys think about the rangers uh all the additions they made sort of going trying to do improvement by quantity justin braun tyler mott andrew cop do you think that's going to be enough for them to actually keep pace against the almighty Pittsburgh Penguins? You know, you still have to go with Stid and Gino. They still have no. Jeff Carter. No. Picked up Definitely not enough. No, yeah, it they, doesn't they, matter they, how much the Rangers game. add. Um, as much as I'm still a crier for Rocket Richard, um, I... <laughs> not happening. <laughs> not, in, not now. Like, he went, like, back a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, yeah, like, he's going to do it. Um and then I don't, okay, yes, yeah, this is my Leafs like bias again. And I'm like, how the fuck is Matthews ahead? But I get it. He's a good player. Because um, he's on but, TV all the time in Canada. That's why he just scores. The mustache. No, he's it's him and mustache. Justin Bieber, okay? It's their friendship. <laughs> oh, don't even like, get did me you see started the on those jerseys. What the hell oh. is that? Why is there yellow? Yo, yeah, let's put the color of our fierce rival. I know this is supposed to be a happy, uplifting podcast, but when it comes, I love to. <laughs> I love jersey design. Like everyone who hates the Fisherman Friends Islanders jersey, like you can go in the garbage. It's it's an iconic jersey. It's a classic. If I ever find one of those, I I am I'm nowhere near an Islanders fan. I just love jerseys and yeah, you that that is one of my favorite jerseys ever. So people that say it's garbage, I just don't understand. But why would you put yellow? The team that has caused you the most pain in the past decade in the playoffs, 
And what is with the two eyes on the V? What the hell? Like, I don't understand. Like, am I, am I starting to sound oh. like a boomer? Like, I don't understand. But like, <laughs> I just like the reverse jersey is cool and all. But like one, yellow has nothing to do with the Leafs, not in the past, present or future. It has to do with your rival. So that is it, it kind of looks Justin like Bieber color. Cause like yes, when his, wh- when his donuts came out, like the yellow and yes, the brown, uh, like I think yellow is yes. Justin Bieber. But like, so that's why three, it also kind of looks like the sharks Jersey with the stripes, yes. just a different color. Yeah. Did so you see that like, meme? Yeah. The, the yeah. copy my homework, but change it a little bit. Like it yeah. totally does. I, I oh, just you have all these resources and yeah it's cool that you're partnering with justin bieber and like that that i don't but like you gotta put like yellow not a leafs color also your hated rival so probably shouldn't incorporate that uh, like it's outside of the box for sure but those other reasons i just it's don't almost get as bad it. as the jersey jerseys uh <laughs> So oh, how do people where, know how this do we Jersey? We're going to put Jersey. Oh, New York. Sorry. I went on a tirade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to bring it back. Um, no, like I think New York will, I don't know. That's hard to say um, because man, did the Penguins just secretly get Ricardo Kell? Like nobody. <laughs> like that was the quietest trade of like the whole day of the whole. T- and I feel like that was probably one of the top three like acquisitions like i think um now the penguins will always be that solid team that even if they don't say win um they will always make it hard for their um competitors to get further like they will they will always be there to compete um we are not cosby fans in this household but as like just athleticism um i i always do cheer for the penguins a little bit so I don't know. I don't know if New York can um, is going to go far. Like I do love a lot of play. Like Panarin's there, so like I've always. I think that was the biggest one of the biggest losses that um, Chicago let happen in the last couple of years was Panarin going there. Um, just look what he's done. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't think though with all that with adding even even if they did add Cop and Mott and Braun, like I don't know. Because like the Eastern playoff teams, barring a monstrous collapse, we know who the eight teams are going to be. It's only a question of seeding really now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Washington and Boston and and or Toronto would have to have the biggest free fall in the history of free falls for Columbus to catch them to move in there. So we know that we, we know the eight teams are going in the East. So like that's why I was thinking the Rangers. They're probably drawing Pittsburgh round one, and they're going to have to face Sid. And then line two of Gino and Raquel, and they're not going to do I, it. I don't know if that. I don't know if that goaltending is going to hold up against all that. I don't think they have enough pieces Sorry, to take on the second. No, round, as much take as on that second line. No, as much as Tersirkin is, um, like Getting doing really better. well this year. Well, yeah, everyone's on his train to get the heart, um, and he has a really cool name. But like he. It's hard. It's almost like the flurry situation in Chicago. Like you could be an excellent goaltender, but if that team in front of you isn't able to perform, it makes your job that much harder. So we'll see. Like New York doesn't really have, um, let's say, a history of like collapsing, but I don't think like it's not going to be an easy road for them. Like, but 
like weirder things have happened, like the Habs beating the Knights. Sorry, sorry, Ken. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, wow. Kenny. <laughs> Are you a Habs fan too, Charles? I'm so sorry. Yes. Listen, I'm a Hawks fan, and I don't even like advertise it anymore, so I don't. <laughs> Uh, are there any other uh, trades that we want to talk about, or do we want to get into the the last quarter of the season? Oh, before we get to the last quarter of the season, I do want to give a shout out to brand new Montreal uh, management in Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes, because if you take a look back, if you count the Tyler to Foley trade, and so if you take um, Arturi Lekkinen, Brett Kulak, Ben Sherratt, and Tyler to Foley. Four guys, he turned those into seven draft picks mm-hmm. and, a, and a couple of good prospects. So top-notch, good work there. Those seven draft picks span from this year to 2024. Nothing worse. I'm sorry, only one of, the, of those seven is past the fourth round. So great job there. Great job in terms of sending them. They're very, very adamant. It's not going to be a full rebuild. It's a retool. But they have stock in the coverage that they're going to have draft pick assets that they can use to a keep the prospect uh, pipeline full and also go out and, and acquire uh, some decent guys who still have term left on their contracts to bolster Montreal and hopefully uh, it's only a quick one season blip that where where we tumble to the bottom of the standings and we're back in the, the playoff conversation again next year so good shout out there also got to give a little like when I talked earlier got to give love to, to Julian Breezeball that guy makes like. We we know that the Leafs and Vegas have to do cap gymnastics, but I think this I think that Brazeball's trade gymnastics, uh, his workout regimen must be insane because he makes things happen that you never would see it coming. So he's given Tampa a shot to go for a three peat. So those those two GMs, Ken Hughes, Jeff, Julian Brazeball, top notch work. And speaking of the Habs, I'm just the big Marty St. Louis fan too. So let's oh. be real, he that should be permanent. <laughs> Who who didn't love St. Louis as a player? I mean, you couldn't oh, hate on the guy. I know, I loved him. I, I I mean, I get the media that I get the uncertainty when it you know people are like, all he's done is coach Pee Wee hockey, <laughs> but like this guy was is a Stanley Cup champion. Like he, it's not like he just coached that and like you know uh, Ted Lasso he. Coached another sport, and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna do good. Come on over." Like, I think it's because he's a quieter. Um, like his off ice presence was always a bit quieter. He's like, a more humble person, and that's what you need now. You're in a you were in a tailfall. Especially you think after millennials are gonna yeah. get that? And, and he they speaks French. What? That's what you want. You. What more could if, they ask if for? If that's a top criteria, you're you're limiting your your pool there, so you're gonna cycle through the. Claude Julien's the Michel Therrien, Michel Therrien, like the, the you're Alain Vigneault. You're you can only have so many of the same guys before you have to figure out be like, oh, we got to find yeah. one that yeah. that works, or we might have to go outside our pool here, boys. Like maybe you need, uh, you know, in a couple of years, Marie Philippe Poulain. Like maybe you go that ah, route. Like that. I think I don't know why they yeah. haven't done that because there are a plethora of of women's talent i say on the canadian side because i know the americans probably don't speak many of them don't speak french 
but like you have a plethora of players that are from the golden era that are starting to retire or i mean marie philippe said she's going to play in the next olympics so she's She's uh, never she's she's, never gonna quit she's tied up for the next four years but you have like you know Haley Haley wickenheiser has a position with uh the the leafs how many of them have got into broadcasting now like there there's got to be some that are going into coaching like the we're Habs taking over the world. Pretty much told, sorry, sorry, Sophie, go ahead. No, I was just saying we're taking over the world. That's all. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying the Habs reached out and they pretty much told Pua whenever she's ready, there's a job on the team waiting for her. Yeah. Uh, that, as it should oh, be. Like, should be. You'd be silly yeah. not to. But uh, no, but to your point, Justin, you know, look, look at all the famous women's hockey players. It's only a matter of time before one of them is a, is a coach in the NHL, considering where women are at in sport. We talked about this uh, just a week or two ago mm-hmm. uh, where women are at in sport and where it's going to keep going. So it's just a matter of time there. But uh, talking about Marty St. Louis, talking about how, you know, why not him? Did, I'm not sure if anyone caught the meme or just a, the, the picture just after he was hired. There's a picture of him from his playing days in Tampa. It was just from his quadricep muscle down. <laughs> or, sorry, his hamstrings. That's, that was, hamstrings down. In that area, and all you just see is ripped steel of muscle. Dude had legs that could kill. He's still in that shape, man. Like, and, okay, oh yeah. So, but they say like, this is walking behind your bench. Don't make him angry. <laughs> no, and I think um, I think he's always been underestimated as a player too. Like when in his playing career, so I feel like that adds like a good um, like it adds great to the halves because they're kind of like trickling down but like and they're in the dumps and i think it helps their morale that like you know he's an under like st louis was always an underdog in his career and yeah and when he did come in he started like winning a few games like they had a good little win streak going yeah and so like, oh, and people were it. pissed at that because they want to finish <laughs> last and get shane right like well, no, you, no, you, you can't you can't finishing last gets you the top pick over more though no it doesn't yeah. ottawa's <laughs> gotten screwed how many times now Auto doesn't get screwed. Auto screws themselves. Well, yeah, I'm trying to be nice here, but it's fine. <laughs> but like, Does, they, uh, it's like they can't make up their minds. Like that, you know. Oh, it just. I, I hope he sticks. Although I don't see it. I, I think they saw him as a, a a plug to get them to the end of the season, and then they have an idea. But I, I think he's making a hard hard you know for people to be like oh like he should have stayed like i'm sure he's he's, a great locker room guy like he's voiced that he wants to too i think in the subtle way that he (laughs) he said he's not here for a temp like it's i guess essentially a tryout or whatever but it wasn't um, very subtle no i guess not depends on yeah so (laughs) like i i think he's gonna try to make he's gonna try to stay like um and we'll we'll see what the end of the season brings for them. Like how they you finish, know the I locker guess. room needs it. Like the locker room needed a, a yeah. change, uh, and you know he's he's one of those guys that like can do it. So, well, look at the win streak that they went on, and look at Caulfield. You can, you can see how again. confident they are playing now compared to before. Like it, you know, they yeah, they, in their step. Yeah, like it, well, it. It's not it's not a magical thing that happens. It's someone that knows what they're doing. We, we lost the first 100%. three under him. Yeah, we, we lost the first three, and we went on one eight out of nine. That's not by fluke. 
exactly yeah. like imagine getting a player like uh right or you know any of the other top five like what he can do with that like oh my god yes like my, my mouth is drooling at the prospect of backs come on also another uh you know hit on the leafs how about uh, them being like oh we've solved our goaltending he's got to clear waivers and then uh no he's, did someone uh, take them someone, yeah, yeah, someone took satari didn't they yeah. Arizona, Phoenix. Arizona, Phoenix excuse me. Did. Whatever oh. they're called. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I think Jack Campbell has like one of the worst like save percentages since the new year. So like, yeah, yeah, it's he like got eight something. Yeah, and they put like Mraz. I just I don't know. I, I guess sometimes you <laughs> like you gotta feel bad for them sometimes, man. Like well, it's like they keep that trend. They started with Anderson. For a good starter, like he's a great starter, but they had shit backup. Mm-hmm. They finally get, they finally have a good one in Campbell. He gets injured, and they have shit backups, and they don't have anything to back that up. They do like have Brad, a Zamboni like, driver that is, I'm sure, available. Oh, David Aries. He oh, probably, probably give him a call. He could probably still win for them. <laughs> oh, probably. He probably stop more than Mrazek can. Can you can you believe that was like weeks before the pandemic started? Which feels like ten thousand years ago. <sighs> yeah, that really does. Like someone's like it was two years ago, and I'm like, no, it feels longer than that. But you know, COVID's sure. over because masks are no longer mandatory. <laughs> oh my god, I I told someone boundaries. that told, so I told right, someone COVID over. was over. I, know I, those, I felt me. I know those international listeners. Uh, COVID is probably not over or. It's, it's not over. Threat. I was like, I was exposed <laughs> twice this weekend, so like I'm just waiting at this point. Yes, COVID is not over, but uh, according to certain government officials, uh, it's it's over. So uh, enjoy. This we beat it. <laughs> yeah, we Go live your lives and get sick again. <laughs> yeah. Remember the flu? That was uh, that was uh, a fun time. Are there any other? trades uh you guys want to talk about or should we just dive into the what to expect in into the playoff rush good to go ahead uh, i will just say a, a bon voyage to nick paul uh you know not related to uh any of the paul brothers from youtube but uh you lucky know, for him <laughs> yes <laughs> just never, you know, the expectation just wasn't uh, there. And I know people are sad that he left Ottawa and all this, but, you know, he, he's, oh, I remember. He's he to go to be for a cup. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like years ago, like he was like, oh, going to make the team there. And, it, you know, the three more years before he actually made the big team. So uh, just things weren't clicking right. So he's he's going to find success, I'm sure, in Tampa. They win again, you know, wins a cup. But I'm excited for uh, the return. Uh, Matthew Joseph, uh, yeah, good young yeah. guy. He's a good uh, addition. He seems excited, excited for that. to be on the team. Uh, he's probably going to get hell, a hell of a lot more playing time than he did in Tampa. So uh, he's probably very excited with that. And um, – Dallas getting Scott Wedgwood, which was a name I have not heard in uh, years. 
And uh, he's going to help Dallas cheer up that uh, backup position as they, uh, they make a fight. And uh, that's a perfect segue to, uh, to the fight towards the playoffs. And like you guys said, the Eastern Conference is a, barring a collapse. We know the eight teams. Uh, we'll start with the East because it's going to be short and sweet. Um, you know, what? who's going to finish as a wildcard teams in the East? Let's put it that way. As wildcards? As wildcards. Um, Who are going to be, be two? It's going to be Boston, Washington, and or Toronto if, if uh, Toronto really falls down and Boston That's gets a hot. That's a goalie issue, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't see Washington catching Pittsburgh or the, or the Rangers. Uh, no. Washington has no any questions of their own. They, don't, they didn't really shore that up at the trade deadline. Uh, so I see them sort of sticking around there. And unfortunately for Washington, that means they're going to wind up drawing Carolina or Tampa, Florida, one of those three teams. And uh, good luck. Have, have, get, hopefully, hopefully it's Tampa or Florida and you get a few days of the sun, get some tan because that's about all you're going to get because it's a cup, a cup of coffee and the off season for you guys. Um, other than that, uh, I think it's Pittsburgh, Washington, Pittsburgh, New York round one. Uh, um, and if Toronto can just stay where they are, then they they could have a little bit of fun on their own, right? With Florida and Tampa in round one, but uh, I don't see much changing the East. No, the East is pretty set in, no. like you said, Charles, minus a possible fall, but they have yeah. to fall, fall pretty hard for something drastic to happen at this point. Yeah, I think there's at least, what, 13 points setting yeah. Columbus away yeah. from Washington. So, like, I'd say that's pretty much well done. You're just going to – it's just going to come down to, like, seeding, like, how they finish. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I'm I'm hoping for Hurricanes and Panthers to come out of the East. That's oh, 100%. Does I'm excited. Anyone here want to see Tampa run it back for a three-peat? Really? I mean, are we tired? Like, not not to be hating on Tampa, but are we tired of seeing Tampa uh, go so far all the time in the last few years? I don't think so. Um, like, yes, if they win the third one, you're going to be like maybe a little bit of an eye roll. But I don't think they're a team that's hated as much as some other teams. Um, now, the only issue or that I take with, I guess, is the you now I love Kucherov like press conference at the end of last year, like with the beer. Um, <laughs> and then when, and then in September when he went back on, like, I just, I, di- I died. Like that was just like a yeah. classic moment. You can't even make that up. Um, but they really like Tampa Bay are just an all around, like strong, good team. Um, and with the addition of Nick Paul and Hagel, like they lost, a lot of key pieces last year. They they lost Goudreau, they lost Coleman, they lost Yanni Gord. They had to not fix it somehow, but like ensure that could still go deep. I'm just, I guess, secretly hoping for the Panthers because they never get the success that we all think they can. Um, and I think with Giroux being added, I feel like that might be the missing piece. And Sherratt too, actually. Um, with Ekblad out, like that's a key piece. Um, whether or not Ekblad's going to be back for the playoffs is another thing. Yeah, they're talking maybe game two or game three of round one. He should be good to go. Game one is a, would be a miracle, is, is what they're saying right now. Yeah, because he yeah. looked like he was in a lot of pain when he left the ice there. Um, yeah. Which and is I think funny. he's had. Sorry, it's it's funny when you say game one's out, but like maybe game two or three, 
you know, game two adds gives you two more days. <laughs> you know, game three, okay, yeah, you got that extra travel day. Uh, you know, and then, but like, game one, no, game two, it, it's a well, difference of two days. Like, uh, well, it's just funny. The timeline, the timeline holds. The timeline yeah, holds. It, it's all. It's it's just funny that like game one's out, but like, usually it's like oh, like you know, four or five. So you're like, okay, you know, that's like deeper in. But you know, game one, no, game two, yes. <laughs> Part of that long term IR plot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They can't say game one yet. If they go two or three, it's more believable. Or it's superstition. Oh, that's I'm true. from a I'm from a very superstitious family. Um, it could be that too. You don't want to jinx it ahead of times. Kind of to your point there, Sophie. How many people, maybe outside of myself, as being and uh, Kenzie as being the two oldest guys here on the podcast? How many remember the last time the Panthers won a playoff series? I feel like I'm not that much younger than you guys. Um, oh, no, wait. Me and Justin are the same age. <laughs> I just had a moment. I'm sorry. I just had a moment. <laughs> I am so sorry that happened. I thought I was older than you, Justin. And um, I don't remember the last time. Like, I can't even tell you. Well, like, it was Honestly, I can't, I, even re- I can't even remember when the Panthers became a team. Like, when did they enter the end? Three. Or 94, 93, 94, they became a team. Yeah, so I was four. Um, we were four. Yeah. And 96, they made the finals against the Avalanche. And since then, they have not done a damn thing. Yeah, I had to just Google that. <laughs> <laughs> when did they last win a series? I was like, I don't know, but I was a child. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like, know. It's it's high time for the Panthers to do something, I find. We're all cheering for the Surge versus the Rat. Like... That's the oh, that's God. the dream Eastern Conference final. Yeah, those are my two. Like those are like. like uh, I'd like to see that too, though. I yeah. think I think Washington is going to flip with the Rangers. You think? Oh, you think the Rangers are going to? Uh, I, I think they're going to become a wild card. And I mean, Boston and Toronto are tied essentially with Toronto having one game at hand, but they're tied with 83 points now tampa's at 84 so like if a team continues to slide but i mean the way toronto's going i see them sliding and when a team slides another the other team just has to stay consistent yeah you just have to essentially win a few more games and be more consistent when the other team slides uh because i mean they'll turn it around obviously they're they're a playoff caliber team but if you can stay consistent during another team's slide that's when you take advantage when you know you might not play them it helps when you play them you know a couple times but if you only have like one more game against each other that's not really going to turn the tides unless it's the last game and you're in the same position but how do we feel boston's going to do They'll be, a, they'll be a tough out. I think their one question mark really lies in Nets, like a couple other teams that are in the playoffs in East and West. The Nets seems to be the one question mark. Uh, center depth for them might be their Achilles heel because outside of Patrice Bergeron, no one is actually winning face-offs with any kind of regularity there. Uh, yeah. uh, and Bergeron's not getting any younger, sad to say. I mean, we all remember him being young on, on that ridiculously stacked World Junior team in Grand Forks, North Dakota. 17 years ago. God, I'm showing my age now. 
Um, <laughs> so, but he's not getting any younger. Brad Marchand's not getting any, any younger. And David Pasternak's not getting any younger. No. And even though Taylor Hall's a newbie to Boston, he's he has a lot of miles on his body. He's had a lot of big injuries. So what's what's left in his tank? Um, so they have great winger depth, but their center and goaltending positions might be iffy for them. They'll be a tough out, but I don't see them getting out around one. No, they're a we- they're a team that has weathered a lot of um, a lot of injuries, just a lot of. But they also have a lot of experience, and I find like obviously with most teams, once playoffs happen, it's another beast. Like it's almost like a switch flips with people. And um, my father in law is like a secret Boston Bruins fan because technically he's a Leafs fan. I don't know how this happens. Um, that but- no, oh. seriously though, like Jason was brought up to be Jason was brought up to be a Leafs fan. Like we have a Leafs towel somewhere with Jason's name on it. Um it's for the dogs now, technically. Um because I won't like we're not I don't use it. Um but I think it was um, my father-in-law was a big Bobby Orr fan. So like he secretly still loves picking Boston players. He just feels like he can't outrightly say it. So I'm like I never like I always wonder how that happened. That's a but, that's a tough dilemma when a favorite player plays for your rival you have to be like but that's i find that doesn't happen as often anymore no it also doesn't not. help that players don't really stay with the same team like they used to oh no there's like they're moved all over like i said the minute that taves leaves the blackhawks which i thought was like a sure thing like now this is eight years ago when he signed the contract i was like okay i got eight years of being a blackhawks fan um and then hearing this year like if Kane goes, then to bring, um, no, I don't think it was to bring cat. It was someone else that was going to go too. No, but, the, the, I'm pretty sure the brink was actually, yeah. The, if Kane goes, the brink going to go. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Or yeah, if it was, was the, or, or if it was the other way around, like if to bring cat left then Kane would leave. Um, honestly, I think it's the last year of the Kane Taves deal next year. Um, yeah, it is. and it seems what they're doing is cleaning house and starting from yeah. scratch because they need to rebuild the brand. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to stay with Taves and Kane. Um, I lost track of what I was saying, though. Oh, Boston. Um, I think I think they're going to fight for it. Like, I think they always do. Um, and for some reason, I don't know how I became a Bergeron fan. Maybe because he always wins the Selkie. Um, but I feel, I don't know, they might have a little bit of gas left in the tank. I think they might, they might go a little bit for far. I can see them definitely being second round team just mm. because of like you said, they have that experience. They know what it's like in the playoffs. Oh, no them, them in Tampa in a first round series. That would be, that would be Ooh. a very rough series. Yeah, Ooh. that would be, but that I think, would go deep, I I think Boston and Pittsburgh are kind of in the same boat. They have aging players that have yeah. one and they're trying to give them one more kick at the can although every year we say oh this is the last kick at the can and they keep you know every year we're like oh this is it but you know this year really kind of feels like you know we can keep saying it but like i don't know how many more honest chances they're going to have no like you know not everyone could be chara and thornton playing until they're like 50s exactly like boston's in a little bit of a better position with like they have some young talent i mean pittsburgh too but like when crosby and malkin 
you know, Latang. Latang. I was going to say Kunitz, but. <laughs> where is he now, anyways? Because he, he came to Chicago for a bit, too. I don't he's even know where he is. He's pretty much retired. Uh, the, yeah. His contract is LPIR. He's, his body can't hold up anymore. Yeah. But I think when Pittsburgh really feels the pain of all those players gone, I think they're going to be farther down and having to rebuild more than Boston. Uh, Definitely. Not by much, but I, I think, you know, the two. Definitely. Their golden eras, the, those two teams were like, oh, you're always up there. I think we're going to start to see them in the, you know, later on in the, the 20s decade. Uh we're going to see them towards the bottom of the the standings for a little bit, which is going to be weird for all of us because, you know, essentially after the turn of the century, essentially after the first lockout, which is sad, <laughs> we have to say, um, that, uh, you, you know, it's been Pittsburgh, Boston constantly up there. So definitely like you've never almost like you just assume they're always going to be in the playoffs. Like, yeah, there there are kids who are turning in, you know, twenty year olds and twenty three year olds that, since they've been kind of knowing what's going on, they've never seen them at the bottom. Yeah. One one little note I want to make on the East before we maybe move to the Western Conference, uh, and Sophie actually brought it up a little earlier, and about teams flipping a switch come playoff time. It's the reason why I'm not picking Florida to be in the Eastern final as much as fun as it would be as yeah. much fun as it would be. And it's a, it, it, it's a feel good story. Uh, as, as we all know, Gary Bettman loves hockey in the South. He loves to see it succeed in Florida. Arizona, in, in anyone? Conference. Yeah. Oh, don't, oh, don't get me started. Please <laughs> do not get me started. I will not shut up for an hour about that situation. Um, this must be happy time. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Back to your happy place. Um, <laughs> Uh, Florida would be, be a nice success story for the NHL, blah, 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 blah. Look at the roster. Outside of the recently acquired Claude Giroux and Ben Sherratt and Jumbo Joe, one of my favorite players of all time. Remember, I remember him being drafted. I remember his rookie season and all, all, the, all the BS he had to deal with in Boston early, early on in his career. And he's turned, like, you know, one of the best players in, in hockey history. Um, Outside of those three, who's got playoff experience on that team? Who has deep experience? Sure, they've got enough firepower to win around. And if they wind up drawing Toronto, they draw X team, B team, C team, whoever they draw, they've got the power to go. If the seeding was today and everything started, they get by round one. Round two, they get Tampa Bay. Because there's no way Tampa's losing to Toronto. Sorry. Uh, that just we don't live in the multiverse of madness. Uh, all, all you Marvel fans, there a little shout out to you there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Florida, Tampa, round two. Florida's got only three guys out of 23 who know what it's like to be that far into the playoffs. Tampa's got the entire team minus one or two. But do you ever feel like they have to start somewhere, though? Like, if you, you, to, you can start somewhere, and, I mean. Pittsburgh, great great analogy. Pittsburgh, 07, gets spanked by Ottawa in five games. Next year, Stanley Cup final, third year, Cup final victory. So, yeah, but I, I, I just don't see Florida going very far because they're going to run into a, a very powerful team round two 
And I don't think they've got the moxie to handle the adversity of round two without just, you know, crumbling. And I, I hate to say it. I, I hate to say they're going to crumble. But that's what I see. That, that's what I foresee happening. Uh, prove me wrong, please. Florida, I, if you hear yeah. me, prove me wrong. It would be awesome. Like just, you know, it's one of those Cinderella stories that you could almost hear. Um, it's just hard not to cheer for Sam Bennett, like Huberto, Reinhardt, Marshman. Like they've all been having, I guess, personally great years that you just want, you want to see them grow more with the team. So I think that's why I put a little more chips in Panthers cup. Like I think, and now secretly, I just want to see Tampa play, play Florida. Like that, like, could, like that's just going to be a great series. Like, come on. After last year, was this year would be even better. And trust me, Florida winning the cup puts Joe Thornton's name on the cup and it guarantees him first ballot Hall of Fame status. Oh, so I would yeah. never complain. I wouldn't complain seeing Florida win the cup. Do you I think just, if Florida wins and Thornton gets his cup, he retires? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's the one 100%. thing he's missing. He's got Olympic gold. He's got uh, award after award after award internationally. You name it. He's done pretty much everything a guy can do except win a Stanley Cup. So he's going to keep uh, chasing. Ken Davis, yeah. we were talking about this the, other, we were the last time or two times ago. We were talking about Joe Thornton. Uh, that's the only thing he's missing is a Stanley Cup, and that's what's still driving him to go. Absolutely. So, yeah, so if he wins it this year, he retires. He retires. If anyone on the podcast wants to challenge me, I'll, I'll put some money down on that. Well, and here's my take on Joe Thornton. He could have, when I don't don't exactly remember how many years ago it was, but he absolutely destroyed his knees. He was quite yeah. a bit. He was quite a bit up there yeah. in age at that point. He yeah. could have retired then, um, just knowing that this is going to be a challenging rehab. I am up there. I do have all these awards and international awards and things like that. Um, for him to come back and to keep going says to me that he is chasing that cup and he's only going to teams. He's signing one year contracts because he's not sure how his body's going to hold up. Number one, number two, he's only signing with teams that have a chance to win. Um, and you can see that he's signed with the Leafs last year thinking they have a good chance. They have a lot of skill on this team and they could go deep. Same thing signing in Florida. Um, again, he looked at the team and he said, these guys look talented. They could go deep. I want to sign here. He's not signing back in San Jose um, for obvious reasons. They're not a cup contender. So no. I feel like he's he's chasing. And if he does get that cup, that's that's it. He'll, he'll say it right on the ice. I'm done. Yeah. What a story that would be. Um, anyone else find it interesting that Giroux would only go to the Panthers? I you know what? I can't say I'm shocked. Um, I don't think he, I mean, I know Colorado was in the bidding for him for pretty much from day one that it was rumored that he was going to be gone. And I was like, oh, Colorado, 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 because yeah, he'd be a good second line center and bump Nazem Kadri down to a third line or shift Kadri to the wing because Drew, you know, would be, a, would be a good center fit there behind uh, Nathan McKinnon. I know Drew plays wing sometimes, but he also plays, he can also play center. Uh, so that, that would be an interesting fit. But the more and more that you started hearing Florida talk, the more that it would make sense. Uh, you look at the guys there who play, it's more Claude Giroux style hockey than Colorado mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Bark, Huberdo, Bennett, Thornton. Like you could go on, you could list, the, list the top five or six offensive players they've got. It's Claude Giroux style hockey. So that, that doesn't surprise me one bit that he went there. 
That's awesome. And um, like, real quick, Colorado, if he were to go there, like you said, Charles, he'd be bumping Kadri, he'd be doing this. Like, their lines are pretty solid as it is. And adding some of the players yeah. that they did is a better piece for them. They don't have to shift so much and change the dynamic of the lines. Yeah, and I don't think they want to change that um, since they have such a solid base already. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do think it's nice that um, the Flyers, like, he played the 1,000 games with the Flyers. Like, that was a really nice... Um, really nice tribute um, with his dad reading out the, um, the starting lineup. And even um, when Giordano, like he played his two and his dad like was, I'm pretty sure it's Giordano. Yeah. That his dad was um on the, like yeah, that just made, that just made me cry. Like I was just, that was really touching. And it's kind of nice to see those guys reach that milestone, but I was even more happy for Drew that he had it as a flyer. Like that was, yeah. Yeah. Well, now we get to the even more complicated Western division where it really only seems like one out of the eight spots are spoken for. So Colorado is in. They're 16 points ahead of second place St. Louis in their division and Calgary's at 84 points uh, for second overall, um, which really only means home advantage um so they're in now when you look at even the pacific division technically san jose in seventh position is still in the hunt which is crazy to think uh, when you get to this 20 game mark really if you are more than 10 points away it's going to be a big struggle but, you know, San Jose being, you know, close. Okay. Vancouver sticking around somehow. At yeah, I don't know how that happened. Uh, <laughs> Anaheim's at 65 minus uh, Eugenie. <laughs> um, you know, Dallas. The, the, official, <laughs> the official decision. Um. You know, Dallas, uh, you know, really put a charge in uh, and they got games at hand uh, and they're sitting in the uh, second wild card. Um, but, you know, Vegas is one point behind, three points behind for third place in their division. Uh, the surprising thing, Winnipeg. Do you guys think Winnipeg, uh, I mean, they're three points right now from a wild card. But a lot of people were saying that Winnipeg like should just shut her down. Like the you know they shouldn't make the playoffs because if they do, they're going to get destroyed. Like get the higher draft pick, uh, and that's from their own fans. Like, what do you think some of these teams should do? Like, uh, do you honestly think a team like San Jose or Anaheim could make a charge, or they're just kind of everyone's pretty even, and that's why it looks so close. Uh, but it's not really that. I feel like it could Anaheim be anyone's closer. game. Sorry, go ahead, Charles. No, you go okay. ahead. <laughs> Anaheim is close because they came out of the gate red hot. Then they started the year a thousand times better than people thought they were going to be. And I think mm-hmm. everyone in this in this room here can agree that we all thought Anaheim was not even going to come close to this. Yeah. So they're still in the hunt in quotation marks there, but no, they're they they sold off like Hampus Lindholm, and you know they're done. Anaheim is going to fade away. They're going to think they take the draft pick. They're 
they're they're done. Winnipeg. Am I am I surprised they're still around? Yeah, because they they don't have that team from 2018 where you've got towers on defense. You know, the 2018 Jets were kind of reminded me of the old New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Towers yeah. on defense, great goaltending, and the firepower to put you away three nothing, four nothing. Bye bye. Thank you for coming. They don't have that anymore. The fact that Jets are even close is a miracle in my in my mind. Um, I don't they think made the some moves. They did. They like they got moves on they got like, Appleton they back. Just, they just didn't sell. Like they made no, some they strategic moves that. But they did. They didn't really improve themselves. This isn't like when they got Paul Stastny the first time, where it's like, oh shit, they just jumped up their second line to being like that second line could be a first line. This is it's not the same kind of moves. So I, I'm sort of scratching my head thinking, why is Winnipeg even trying to stick around when, excuse me, when if they do make the first round? Yeah. As it stands now, you've got to play Calgary or Colorado. To quote Mr. Sutter, that's, that's, that's a waste of eight days. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. okay, one of the best quotes of the year. That's quote of the year. Oh, man, he has yeah. a lot of good sound bites. Like, oh, yeah. I'm on Sutter's but, train. Do you <laughs> think he practices on the farm animals? Oh, probably. <laughs> Probably. No, 100%. I just I also think he's just that crooked of an old man that it just like it literally is what he thinks. <laughs> like he has no filter and he doesn't care anymore. And it's literally like he's almost like Tortorella, which like love him or hate him, just like the sound bites uh, themselves. Being a he's- farm hand on his farm would be so interesting. Just- <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> just a weird well, just- I do I do agree with what Charles had said with Winnipeg. Um I don't I I they're hanging around, but why? I, I don't view them getting into the playoffs because they didn't do anything. Sure, they moved Andrew Kopp out and they got some pieces. Um, but, and they brought in Mason Appleton. But in my opinion, that's a one-for-one one. guy in, guy yeah. in. Yeah. Um, it doesn't change their dynamic. It doesn't change how good they are. It, it, they didn't, they've effectively done nothing. So I, I don't see them making it. Same with Anaheim. They sold off Lindholm. When you're selling off your best defender, that generally means you're going for the draft picks. Yeah. And they're a young team as it is already with Zegras and Milano. Like they're like, they got to showcase uh, what they have this year and they will be up and coming. Like they will be there. Um, They're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent with a banana. I'm hundred percent. Yeah. And San Jose, I feel people thought. Yeah. And I feel like San Jose um, is kind of just getting the stench of Kane um, kind of off of them. Like now that he's gone, I feel like they're kind of regrouping. Um, I don't think they're fully there yet. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to get back to where they were a couple of years ago. I think it was the year we got married. I think 2016, they made a pretty deep run. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they'll ever get back there again because they have sold a lot of their like a lot of the key players are gone to other teams now and look how Pavelski's thriving in Dallas. Right. And he's staying there for a bit. Um, it is, I'm really surprised that Vancouver is as high as they are, but that's just, I don't know. I just never really followed them that much, I guess. And you always kind of count them out, but I guess they have been doing better since Bruce Boudreaux has been there. So do we think Vancouver can, Make a, they have two games at hand on Vegas. So say those are two wins, they are now tied with them. Or do we think it's you know Vegas, Edmonton, LA Calgary, 
uh, I mean, really Vegas, Edmonton and LA uh, fighting it out for the playoff positions, or do we think Vancouver can make the jump? Um, It's highly doubtful. It's doubtful, but it's hard to say because like how close a lot of those teams are. And that Vegas hasn't been doing that well. Yeah. Vegas hasn't been doing as well either. Um, So that might play into it too. I think it goes possible, back, but it depends is... on how they do the first round. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Cole. I, I think it goes back to what we just talked about in the East, that if someone slips far enough, maybe someone makes a charge, that may be the only way Vancouver gets in, is that they can stay around 500 or just a little above 500 the last stretch of the season, and if Vegas can't get their act together, pardon, you know, a little bit vague, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> If Vegas can't get their act together and, you know, they, they have to keep Alec Martinez and Mark Stone on, on LTIR because, you know, they don't know how to read a no trade clause, um, <laughs> but they, they, they can't clear cap base. So I know I'm, I'm just going with the, I'm going for the dagger there. You might as well. Uh, oh, that's read. another, another fun with the sword. <laughs> uh, they, they just don't know how to read anything. Um, it, it's, they're in trouble. Vegas is in trouble. They could actually miss the playoffs for the first time since their inception uh, if their slide continues because, you know, you're missing your number one goalie, Roman Leonard. You're missing your captain. You're missing one of your best top four defensemen. And, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, they, they don't have – I mean, Jack Michael getting him back and him seeing him playing good hockey, good for him. Good feel good story of the year there uh, besides the Florida Panthers being relevant. Jack Michael, Florida Panthers, <laughs> best stories of the year there. Um but Vegas could slide themselves out. And Vancouver would get in, not so much because of their play, but the lack of play from Vegas. So I will say Vancouver, if they do get it won't be because of their own merit. It's because someone else really mm. made a mess in the bed and stuck to it. It's There's really like two fights. There's the fight, which, seen, you know, Nashville's pretty, you know, they're at 70 points uh, inst- uh, ahead of the Dallas 73 uh, holding on to the second wild card. So as long as Nashville kind of stays status quo there, they've got a, a little buffer between them and the second uh, wild card. And they're tied with Minnesota for third and St. Louis is right there at 79. So they're going to duke it out between each other um, with Minnesota holding lots of games at hand uh, compared to Nashville. Um, but it, it, you're either going to be fighting for that second wild card, or you're going to be hoping that a team above you in the top three falters and you can catch up that way. Uh, there, there's two fights that are, are kind of going to go hand in hand. And at a certain point in the next, you know, two weeks, uh, you're going to see what you're able to do. Are you just going to, are you, is a wild card really your only shot? So try it that, or, you know, is a team ahead of you floundering as well? Uh, so the next two weeks are going to be oh so important because essentially once you hit 70, 71 games, you, you better be in that playoff position because you're, if you're not, you're going to be so, so uncomfortable and, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it's kind of those lost uh, games here in Canada because fans weren't in the stands uh, can be a blessing for some of those teams like Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Uh, but 
I mean, if you don't win them, then you're kind of bad <laughs> and you're shooting yourself. Uh, but they're, they're kind of in the, the driver's seat uh, better than a team like Vegas or, um, you know, yeah, L.A. even because, uh, you know, you're catchable. I almost forget that the LA, like the Kings exist right now. That's so sad of me because um, they are really still quite relevant. I guess they're just quieter. Like they don't get a lot of attention, I find, I guess. Maybe that's because they haven't gotten it's... a lot of attention this year at all. I think no, that was no. partly because they thought they weren't going to be as good. So those TV deals yeah, and all that. And then this coming from LA. Who saw this coming from the Kings? I didn't. No. No, they... not a chance. I don't know who this Trevor Moore guy is, but he's gotten me a lot of Tim's free points. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tim's hockey challenge. Yeah. There you go. What a fantastic <laughs> sponsor that would be for the podcast, Tim Hortons. Oh, if, man. What no. I would give to be at a Flames Avalanche game again, though, because um, that, oh. fir- that was my first playoff game in, what, 2019 we went yeah, the first round. So, like, it was game five. We had tickets to in Calgary. We surprised my nephew. He's like the he's a hockey player. He's like the biggest fan, and that was his first NHL game. Was a playoff game, and I was like, "What if this doesn't go to five games?" I was like, "Could you imagine?" I was like, trying to hide this secret from my nephew, um, but it did. Um, unfortunately, the Flames were really outplayed then. Um, like Goudreau, man, seeing him up close i guess he he didn't have the best game um but man is he tiny like i know he's small for a hockey player but like he's so tiny um he is fast though but he did he did miss a couple opportunities but i still have one of those pucks and um man i'm on the avalanche bandwagon i hate to say it i am Uh, i i I will only correct you on one thing yeah that's not going to be a colorado uh calgary game that's a war Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, oh my god, it was a, not a game. No, it was a war in the stands. Like we, so we got like oh, nosebleeds, yeah. I guess, um, because that's all we could afford. Um, and like yeah, so many Nordique jerseys, like so many Nordique jerseys, which we, I don't think we wore our jerseys to that game. Like any jersey, we just were like in plain clothes. Like Jason does have a Nordique jersey, and he isn't like. He secretly is, I think he wants to convert to Colorado, but he has like, he can't tell me, like he can't come out and say it, but like the Nordique fans and like, and the Calgary fans, like, I thought they were going to fight, man. Like, and this was in the nosebleeds. I was like, man, someone's going to end up on the ice. Like, we're just going to topple over. It's going <laughs> to, like, and like, if you're in Edmonton, well, I don't know if you guys ever watched a game in Edmonton, but like their seating is really weird where like up in the stands, it's almost like tilted. Like, Oh good. I can't wait for that. It's so fun. (laughs) Don't go there drunk. Like I thought my brother was going to fall over. (laughs) It's really quite scary, but like um, my years in the nosebleeds have trained me for any in all scenarios. How exciting. High altitude, high altitude, big feet, small space. Just hold on to the rail. <laughs> or that's what I do, I guess. I don't know. Or just tuck and roll. Just tuck and roll if you do. Tuck and roll. That that's yeah. There's a point where you just gotta tuck and roll and hope for the yeah. best. That's so do... go ahead, Charles. Okay, I wanna 
you ask one question, especially uh, for you and Kenzie, Justin, since you guys are out west uh, and you get a little bit more exposure to the uh, Western Canadian market than we do out here on the east on the eastern side of the country. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are they for real under under Woodcroft? Are they actually going to hold them to a playoff spot? And, are they, and can they actually make something happen with McDavid and Drysaddle finally in the prime of their careers, or is this going to be another flame out there? Because out here, there's a lot of talk of flame outs. There's a lot of talk they're not going to do anything. So can you give us a perspective from your side of the country? Well, seeing as I don't have cable TV, I can shut out all the, all the <laughs> nonsense. And um, I, I will say probably a month and a half ago, it the, the city felt like it was that, you know, oh, we're going to flame out or like another wasted year of McDavid and Dreisaitl. But I think this turnaround really has uh, shifted the mood. And I think when the mood of the team and they're doing well and progressing and showing signs, even when they lose to a Colorado in overtime, it's not, again, it's that like, oh, you know, we got a point, you know, we showed what we could do against the top team essentially. So at least being in the city, the vibe is that they're on the up. And, you know, these next uh, uh, six games, however, uh, let me see here. There it's, yeah, so the next six games, getting, into, getting them to game 70, uh, I think if they go, you know, four and two, I, I think they're really going to start to show people on TV and the critics that, uh, you know, they've really – solve something or they're on a wave and they've really honed in on something finally. Um, but I think, yeah, their past win streaks have really helped shift the narrative of what people were feeling, at least here in the city. Uh, Kenzie, I don't know up there if you get the same vibe, but. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of Oilers fans up here just because of proximity and people yeah tend to go to Edmonton as their kind of jumping off point before they go anywhere, or in a lot of people's cases, that's their vacation city. So they're Oilers fans by default. That was me. <laughs> that was, I was closer to Edmonton than Vancouver growing up. So we yeah. naturally, uh, although my parents said immigrate to Edmonton. So like we're just Oilers fan by default. Yeah. So a lot of people up here, the same, just due to proximity and parental influence and things like that. And, I feel like they can make it. A lot of people up here are hopeful and feel like they can make it, but when they make it, how well are they going to do? That's the question. So, that's, that's, awesome. that's the question I'm hearing from fans up here is, yeah, I think they can get there, but what happens when they run into that Colorado, Calgary, etc., etc., etc. If they st- if things all stayed the same, <laughs> and they played L.A. in the first round, I think that's a winnable series. Yeah, I yeah. do as well. Um, the team, I find those teams can be fairly evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Do we think anything's going to come of, like, if Edmonton doesn't do well in the playoffs, if something happens for some godforsaken reason with McDavid or Dreisaitl? Well, one of them is going to be I, actually okay, right there. Uh, probably the best thing anyone can ever say. Yeah, I, I would actually 
be very confident in saying that one of them says, I want out because I'm mm-hmm. tired of this. Because yeah, it's been, it's, it's not like it's been a couple years. It's been seven. Yeah. Consistently yeah. happening. Yeah, I can see what we're saying. So thank you for that one. But ugh, who has the cap room right now? Nobody. I think it would take one of those bottom bottom feeding teams with a but lot of would, But would Dryseller or McDavid go to a bottom feeder? They want... They probably want success now. Well, if they're tired if of Edmonton, was, that's those are the teams that would have the cap space. Yeah. Or you'd have yeah. to move a body for a body. You'd have to trade. Just thinking, if he wanted to go home to Toronto, let's say, you'd yeah. have to trade an Austin Matthews. You'd have to trade a Mitch Marner. Which I don't think would happen. Money out. Which and, I don't think would happen with Toronto because, I mean, like you said earlier, they're so possessive and they're building that franchise around Marner and Matthews and Nylander. Yeah. I mean, if McDavid wants better, Marner, though. if it's big money in and big money out, mm. does it make them better? Yeah. Like if it's Marner for McDavid, does it make them that much better? I mean, they brought Giordano home. <sighs> God, um, that's all we need is McDavid going to Toronto. To... Oh, yeah. That's. <laughs> That's but it would be again if you're looking at another team where success is involved and he does clearly want success, you've got to move money out. I feel like he would go to a like contract. I think he would leave the Canadian market, honestly. Like just think of the yeah. things that he has he's had to put up with with the media. Like just his responses, like yes, they don't exactly ask the smartest questions, but I feel like he's fed up with them asking like where is the success like he's single-handedly responsible for the oiler success i love uh, the title answer a couple months ago oh love it love it and <laughs> he went off oh it was so good though like so good it was the appropriate answer what do you what do you think i'm not trying <laughs> like yeah, yeah he's like why why are you so why are you so pissy like yeah my god you don't want to be called that like why, why why are you so pissy because we're losing you're calling me out <laughs> losing. like it's my fault my me singular <laughs> like, no uh you guys asked would he go to a bottom feeder i don't think he actually would wind up in a bottom feeder but they'd be you they uh, edmonton and the eventual final destination for a guy like dry saddle mike david would use a bottom feeder to hunt the cap hit a little bit and then that bottom feeder would get a, a few extra goodies thrown their way, saying, hey, thanks for playing. Um, that being said, I would say Dreisaitl is more movable, movable than McDavid is, just simply because of uh, I don't think there's really too many teams out there that could trade for McDavid no. from, from yeah. an asset point of view. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing, and Sophie, you, you, you guys were saying about Mitch Marner, if the Maple Leafs flame out round one this year – Marner again. Is gone. <laughs> Do you think? I I'm, I am almost positive on this. After numerous play failures, now early on you could say sure they were young. Matthews and yeah. Marner were young when they were playing. They're uh, almost Boston in the same boat as Drysidle and McDavid, like just on the other end. But don't you don't you don't you got to remember they got that third anchor of Nylander that's weighing them down. Yeah. Well, well, not not only not only that, Justin. But you, you look at how Marner has played in the playoffs. Uh, look at Montreal's series last year was a prime example. Games four, five, and six. He passed up at least six good shooting opportunities where I would say at least four of them were sure goals. They should have been in the back of the net. 
and he's passing them off to Matthews. He he's choking. He chokes in the playoffs. He choked uh, against Boston. He choked against Montreal last year. It's pre- I'm almost positive on this. Uh, the Leafs flame out this year, and then and Marner is nowhere to be found. He's gone. Mark my words. Well, if you're comparing like Nylander and Marner, like they're going to keep Nylander over Marner any day. I would get rid of Nylander. His Nylander's uh, I mean, Mar- easier to move, I would but keep Marner, Marner will bring back a higher reward. The, I mean, Marner yes, you get him more than Nylander. Yeah, was, so. that is true. I I, I think also, one of those contracts you have to get rid of. You you have to. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm okay. just, at this point. I'm just going to throw out there that um, if you're looking, I'll just give an honest assessment and I've been skewered for honest assessments on the Leafs before. Um, Justin, you might remember the article that I wrote for the Acadia paper a few years years in and yeah, people were pretty salty about that one. Um, So I will give my honest assessment and if you'd like to skewer me, go for it folks. Um, I think their issues lie deeper than just trading one of those players. I feel like if you want to fix the Leafs properly, you need to move out big money. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, one of those big, big contracts. You need defensemen. You need goaltending. You're up against the cap. You don't have that right now. you got to move a big contract if you're going to fix that team, especially if they have another first-round exit. That's all. Oh, yeah. Well, they signed too many big players with big money. Matthews to Arizona. <laughs> well, it, it, Matthews to Arizona would be one way to guarantee a three thousand seat sellout. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and we know that like they're not well. No, they're not not going to. But like, because I for some reason, oh no, I don't want to get Charles upset here. But like, <laughs> Batman really, really wants to keep the team in Arizona. But like, they really just need to sell off the team. It's a point of pride, I think, for Batman to keep them there. For some reason, it is, yeah. It's the hill he's willing to die on. Although, in saying that, I would travel to Arizona just to watch a bunch of cheap games. But they're not going to be cheap anymore if they're playing in that stadium where they're only, what, 3,000 seats or whatever. they got to make the revenue somehow. So we'll see if that's even... They're going to charge $25 a beer in the student section. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because students yeah, can afford $25 exactly. <laughs> yeah, avoid those concession stands. Your hot dog is going to be $12. <laughs> and a beer, that, that'll be $37.50 total. Thanks. That's the oh. value package. <laughs> yeah. And it's American yeah. beer. Water compared to what we have up here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was told my ticket came with a beer and a hot dog, sir. Um I'm a college student. <laughs> Do I get in free with my student ID? <laughs> I saw a slide on my doorbell. <laughs> Is there anybody who sees a dark horse in the West? Like, I don't see Minnie as being a super big dark horse, but I feel that Minnesota is going to make a lot more noise this year than probably ever. I, I, think, I could easily yeah. see Minnesota actually upsetting the Avalanche. Oh, I would, I would be here for it as much as I want the Avalanche to finally win. Now, um, Mini the, would be an okay team to contend, though. Like, if the Avalanche do flame out, do they now 
get in the hot seat and you get well, start to well, talk you have about a, that like why can't have a we bunch win, of, blah 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 you have ufas and rfas coming up too like cadre's going to be moved if that happens i think um like as many players that get frustrated that it's been so many years, like McKinnon's going to be agitated as he is already that he, do you know what I mean? Like there, there's going to be guaranteed yeah. more than one team. Cause only one team can win. But I mean, like if, if, you know, if a team makes it to the final, like if Colorado makes it to the finals, I think, you know, they're, they're not going to be griping. They're going to be like, okay, no. like we were so close. Like that's, yeah. we, we got the tools. Let's figure out how to finish it. But like, if, you know it's minnesota calgary in the western final and you know it whatever like you're you're gonna have edmonton you're gonna have colorado you're gonna vegas on the west side alone that are gonna be looking for answers you're gonna have toronto on the east you're gonna have a pittsburgh it's gonna figure out what the hell are we gonna do um washington uh, you know, there are going to be teams that are going to be like, what the hell do we do? And you know, there's going to be at least two that are going to be like, oh, we got to get rid of people then. Like, that's clearly the way to do it. Because there's always teams that are like, oh, let's jump ship and try again. Like, this isn't working. Let's change it again. But like, don't forget that St. Louis is still up there too. Um, I feel like they've, again, almost, well, they do get the attention. Um, they get the I attention think, now. Yeah. After winning. Too. Oh, a, a miracle run to the finals, too. They were in last place on New Year's Eve, and they wound up winning the Cup six months later. No it's one a, sees that coming. So No, it's no. a it's a feel-good story. And even when I read it in um, – I was reading James Duthie's new book. I don't know if it's that new, though. But, like, when they oh, were just, oh, the guy on the left? No. Um, Beauties, I think, is the one I was reading. Beauties. That Great. came out a couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, so Great I just book. picked that up last year, and I was reading that and just – reading the st louis story again and layla like it you can't help but feel happy for how that all worked out and all those players like um i guess they're just not well pat maroon is a character in itself so him going to tampa is just hilarious it's just I can't help but continues winning cups. Like he's just going to be like, that's why when they're like Pat Maroon to Edmonton, I'm like, well, yeah, that guarantees a cup because you know, Pat Maroon's there. (laughs) Big rig's there. And Corey Perry is a three-time cup loser. I know. Like he's also, also in Tampa Bay. So they're guaranteed to be in the finals. Like how awkward was that when he first got there? Cause like he just played them. Like how awkward was that? (laughs) Well, optics awkward, but apparently, from all reports, actually not off, not awkward at all. They welcomed him with open arms. They loved him, and he was just the, the constant teammate from the beginning. Um, I th- yeah, I think the media gives him, or just maybe it's just Corey Perry's style of play that just kind of gives him a bad rap. Like I feel like he's yeah. like he's oh, just yeah. a good guy. Um, he's a good guy, but he plays like a dirty rat. Yeah. Well, he's like Marshawn. Like I, I honestly oh, like Marshawn. No, you don't think? Uh, I don't think Corey Perry plays like a dirty rat. He doesn't play like Brad Marchand. Does he play hard? Does he play close to that line? Absolutely. Yeah, but he has less unlike antics. Brad Marchand, unlike, unlike Tom Wilson, unlike a bunch of other clowns in the NHL, he doesn't really cross that line. No, he, he doesn't. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Unlike says, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I feel like Marshawn's last suspension kind of taught him something. Um, I hope. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Well, he has his own cereal now, so he's he's. 
what, I'm still what waiting to get pasta next pasta, but <laughs> I want some of that too. One <laughs> question because we're talking about teams who what, what are they gonna do if they have a, a first round or second round flame when they have cup final aspirations? Uh don't forget off season a lot more moves can be made. Let me let me just throw this out here and Kenzie. Uh I'm going to give you nightmares and I'm going to give myself nightmares saying this. So bear with me and don't shoot me across the screen, please. <laughs> if I'll, I'll pick a three, I'll pick three or four teams. If Colorado, Washington, Toronto don't, if they flame out round one or round two, do they make a run to carry price? <laughs> well, no, that's, Valid question. Um, it de- I think it depends on what Montreal is going to ultimately do, and it'll be his decision whether he goes or not in the end anyway, yeah. because I believe he has a no move. Um, yeah. And he would have to waive that to go anywhere. You know, sometimes I could guys are fine. Them, I could see them keeping him if it's a retool. Um, and I did have to step out for a moment a little while ago. A couple of times phone rang. Um, so I don't know if this was discussed, but I I don't feel like it's a complete rebuild in Montreal. There are some young pieces there, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, yeah. a couple of pieces on the back end. I don't feel like they need to strip it down like a Chicago or like what Arizona is doing, completely strip it down and start over. I feel like there's pieces there and I feel like the pieces that they've brought in the young players, especially and the picks, it could be a retool. Yeah. That's exactly what Norton said. It's going to be more retool rather than rebuild. Yeah. Um, And does price want to stick around for that, knowing that it could be a quicker kind of retool versus a epically long rebuild rebuilds tend to take a lot longer than, just an overall retool. I, it'll, it'll be his decision ultimately, I do think. Well, yeah, he's in the driver's seat so, for that. One point, yeah. Yeah, 100% he's in the driver's seat. The one thing that sort of eats at me, and Sophie stirred the pot a little bit earlier, money in, money out. <laughs> if Toronto or anybody else is going to want to take a gamble, they're going to have to move a big contract. Yep. If... Kenzie, if you're if you're Jeff Norton, Jeff Gordon, excuse me, not Norton, Jeff Gordon, <laughs> and I'm Kyle Dubas, and I come to you and say, okay, let's talk Sherry Price, and I come to you with like a first rounder, Marner, and a couple of things. Do you take that to Carey Price, or you know, if Colorado makes a similar pitch with some of their with, with Flanders Cog, uh, you know, just I'm throwing out names, I'm not saying they're going to be there, but I'm choosing some high price contracts. Because, you know, Carey Price is going to have a huge cap hit. Even if Montreal eats some of that salary, it's still going to be a pretty high cap hit. Uh, you know, yes, there's a retool in Montreal. They still have Jake Allen. He's still in, he's still got the guts to be a decent goalie. <laughs> Does Carey Price come to them in the offseason and say, listen, I want out because, you know, my, my mental health, I want somewhere else, please. Think food for thought. If it's Toronto, No. Because no. that's, in, that's in the division and that's a rival. And I don't want to play him eight times a year because he's still going to win games. He's going to steal games. He's still going to beat up. We trade him to a division rival. If he goes anywhere, it's to the West. 
Could so you imagine listen. Carey Price in Colorado? Just saying. That's and there is a history about, of trading. What with about the, the rumor for of Seattle? Or is Seattle still a team? Yeah, they have like two. Like they have everything. more draft picks than they do active players. So like that's sad. They have thirty-three draft picks in the next three years. Or is there anyone in Vancouver? Because that's where he's from. BC. He is from exactly. and that's where I think he ends up. Is if you're trading him, he's going to the West because you don't want to see him one eight times a year playing in your own division, or four to six times playing in the other division. You just don't want. You don't want that. I don't see him see picking Toronto though either. Right. Like I don't. I wouldn't see him picking Toronto. Just like um, Flurry no. didn't want to go to Washington. Yes. Yeah. It'll it, again because he has that no move. It'll be his choice. You're going to but send here, here, or here. There, there comes a point, too, where these players that are like the legacy players that have been with the team forever, you know, he did get that taste of a Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, sometimes, and now, again, this, this retool instead of rebuild, and depending on what pick they get, I'm going to assume it's going to be a top five that's going to bolster their young, you know, roster already. You know, sometimes in a player's career, it's just, you know, they go, you know, well, that was fun. Like, let's ride it out. I want to be a Canadian, you know, for my career and, you know, call it a day. If I get another crack, cool. If not, like, you know, I'll I'll have the memories type deal. Um, With everything that's gone on with with, uh, Price, like... no one knows like his mindset, like that could be his mindset now and be like, like, this has been a great career. Like I went to the final, like all that, like, you know, he, he's built a legacy in Montreal. He, he's uh, legacy with his, uh, you know, charitable with the city, like either way, if they trade him, like he, he's going to be, you know, up there with the legends of Montreal. Uh, you know, do they no, do they retire his number? Uh, that, yeah. That's a that's a maybe. Can they yeah. afford to retire any more numbers? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but like, face. like he's been the closest thing to retire a number in decades for them. Yeah, since their last. You the one with Saku Koivu. Exactly. Yeah, Saku Koivu and him have been the team since 1993. So. There, there's always that that you have to think of too um but you know he's he still wants to play and he still could have you know five to six more great years before if as long as he doesn't get uh you know he keeps the the injury uh and he rehabs it well and it holds then you know he's still got some good hockey left in him but it all depends on how the rehab's going injury rehab i should say and uh, his, you know, mentally and what his family wants to do too. Like maybe he seems to make a lot of family decisions. So, well, and like like Kenzie just said, it was kind of drowned out a little bit. I'm not sure how many of us heard it. Montreal does have history trading star goaltenders out to the Western Conference. So, I think with him, I think it's a similar thing. Again, I don't want to put words in his mouth or get inside his head and say, this is what he's thinking. If I'm Carey Price, I'm almost thinking the same thing as Joe Thornton. 
I've got everything else. I don't have that cup. And I'm going to chase if I, can, if I can get that cup somewhere else in the next four to five years, while I can still produce and be effective, I want that. And if that's going to be in Montreal, I'll stay here. If not, send me somewhere else where I can get that because that would just be the, the chef's kiss for him. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good on that. I think, do you think he, he, they'll give him a say there are always teams that like say like, Oh, we've consulted our star player football's famous for this, but you know, if he's met with Marty St. Louis and he likes the direction that he's taking, do you think that that vote of confidence is enough to give St. Louis the permanent job? Uh, as long as he's, you know, he sits down with Carrie and goes, this is my plan. You know, we have the, third overall pick this is who we think we're picking we're going to slot him here this is you know the dynamic and training regime for the summer and this is where we want to be for season starts or do you think that it's just all going to be upper management and they're not going to consult someone like carrie price i think they respect him enough to do it sorry kenzie go ahead it'll be i like i know him and jeff molson have a good relationship quite a quite a good relationship actually they have spoken they've gotten to know each other over the years and it'll be jeff molson and gary price's decision that's it if marty st louis says no we don't want him around it's not up to him it's up to what jeff molson wants and what gary price wants if jeff molson says he wants to stay no way in hell they're trading him because those two guys would just be showing the door well you traded him and he wants to be here what are you what are you doing you're ruining this get out that yeah. price Jeff is such Molson a big face serious. of the franchise. Like he is the face Absolutely. of the franchise. And Jeff Molson has gotten more serious about the hockey team. You can tell with the hirings he's made when he cleaned house and brought in Jeff Gordon, brought in Kent Hughes. He's now committed to this hockey team. And I don't think he makes a Carey Price decision without Jeff Molson being involved. Thanks. Don't think anyone can argue that point, Kenzie. Jeff Molson, uh, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was after the Bruins beat the Habs early in Price's career in the playoffs. And he he sort of took Carey Price aside and, and said, listen, you're our guy. Just add playoffs here doesn't mean you're gone. You're still a guy. And Carey Price came back the next year and was just lighting it up uh, for, you know, as Price can. So, no, there, there is no way any move happens and I think actually a bit of a point was raised. I think even the head coaching decision will be, they will talk to Carey Price. So the, you'll see Carey sit down with Marty in the off season. we hear about it. And if the conversation's a good one, you'll see Marty get a, a, a two or three year contract to see what he can do with the Montreal Canadiens. If it's not good, as much as we all love Salem Wheat, they might move on from him. If, if, if Carey doesn't feel connected there, uh, nothing happens head coaching wise or, involving price without Molson being involved and carry price on both, on both counts. Now here's uh, my favorite question. That's uh, really for uh, the sense fans. Is this the end for Pierre, Pierre from Orleans? Is this, uh, All right. I, 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 he's, he's a nice guy. Um, but I believe Pierre from Orleans has done all he can do as general manager. Uh, I, I think we, 
I, I think we're we're at a cusp where we need someone to take us to the next level. Uh, I think they have the coach. Um, although uh, Luke Richardson was my first choice for a head coach, um, but I think that ship has sailed. Um, but DJ, I I like his style. I like the way he motivates, and uh, you know, is a great locker room coach. Uh, I think we need a GM that's going to take us to the next level. I don't think that's uh, Pierre. Pierre's time has came and gone. He needs to take the hint from all the billboards that were posted around Ottawa and uh, <laughs> just just go oh away, please. We need someone who can take us to the next level. It's, they, it's not him. He's tried. He put in that valiant effort but it didn't go anywhere. So we have the coaching staff. The players are great. They're gelling together. They're young group of core guys. And that's what you need is a good general manager to make that next push. Uh, okay. You know, everyone be sure I'm a Habs fan, but I live here in Ottawa, so I get a, lot, a very healthy dose of Senators news. So – while not a Sens fan, here's, here's the problem with Pierre is that he slaps a Band-Aid on, you know, a mortal injury and expects it to make it better. So a bit of, a bit of an example is, you know, Michael Delzado. Mm-hmm. Off two-year offseason signing, oh, he's, he'll be good. He's spent most of the year in the minors or scratch. Waste of, waste of money there. Travis Hamannick trade. Why? Why are you bringing in a guy who he's five years past his prime? Also apparently very toxic in the locker room. Apparently. I saw that too. I heard that too. Uh, legit. What? I get it. He's pretty much a place filler until JBD and Sanderson are in Ottawa. And, mm-hmm. you know, cementing themselves. Fine, sure. Again, why? You have – bring get Brandstrom. Get other guys who – now, again, Belleville's on a bit of a playoff run, apparently. I've been looking at some of the numbers. They're actually in the playoff spot, so they don't want to disrupt Belleville's momentum. So, it, it still begs some questions. They, they, they could have gone out and gotten a guy who was well-liked, way better – probably cost less than Hamannick and the trade would have been seen as, you know, okay, okay, lateral maneuver. It's a place filler. Not bad. Good job, Pierre. But uh, the draft picks that he sent to Vancouver and then got back, uh, I think from Winnipeg for Sanford, they actually moved down approximately. They're they're saying it's going to be actually about like a 20 slot differential between those picks. That's the top notch NHL player potentially. That's the difference between getting a top six forward and a fourth line forward, those 20 spots. Um, granted, a little bit of this, you know, Eugene Melnick came out and said, oh, 2022, we're going to be good. We're going to be contenders to prosperity. He kind of handcuffed Dorian in, in, into trying to make that happen by this year, and obviously it hasn't. Um, do they need a new GM? Probably. Do they need to actually go out and finally staff the Ottawa front office 
properly. That's the bigger issue. Ottawa has routinely been viewed as one of the smallest front offices in the league. Even Arizona has a bigger front office than they do. That's sad. There's way too much work being being thrown on too few bodies. You got to spread that around. Uh, that way, the general manager can really, if he needs to focus and zone in on one thing, he can do that. I think there's way. I think that's the actual root of the problem. Uh, smaller front office, cheap ass owner. Too much on the GM. So whoever they get in there, it better be a strong personality and be able to tell Melnick, grow your arms longer and reach those pockets of yours and give me what I need or this will never work. That's what has to happen with the next GM. So sure, do they need a change? Of, do you need a new voice in there? Probably. But that voice also has to turn around and tell the owner, do it or don't fire me. Yeah, is it going to take a new owner? Is it going to take a new perspective? I mean, maybe world events has uh, Eugene thinking differently. Uh, I feel like I've, I've felt his tone is very different since the world event happened. And it's a very interesting side that I don't think I've ever seen maybe since he bought the team and was like, Hey, I own a hockey team. So maybe, maybe he has a different, you know, perspective on life now and has different uh, priorities. And now he might start to do things differently. I don't know. Um, one can hope. Um, but if that is what has been holding down the sends, then I would think that is a much easier fix or, you know, thing to check off a to-do list than to hope that you get a bunch of players in high draft picks and, you know, do it that way. Cause you can control front office a lot easier than you can control and, you know, put together a team. The senators have the players. They've got the building blocks on the ice. Brady Kachuk, Josh Doris, Batherson, Formanton, Pinto, Kabat, uh, Bernard Docker, Sanderson, Tyler Clevin. I am actually, I mean, uh, Jake Sanderson is getting great reviews for here in Ottawa for what he's going to be potentially. I'm actually higher on Clevin. I think he got, he's, I think he's got uh, a little bit of a hidden, hidden arsenal. He's going to actually surpass expectations, all expectations on him. Uh, watching him play uh, a little bit the World Juniors, uh, I, I honestly think that that kid is something special, that the other Senators better not screw up that one. Uh, they, they have such great building, building blocks there. I mean, I think the smartest thing Dorian's did in the last couple of years was signing for, uh, Anton Forsberg to that, uh, that three-year contract a couple, yep. uh, back just before the trade deadline. I... Uh, Matt Murray was a bust. I, I remember talking about it saying if Matt Murray could gain his form, steal the century, but obviously that hasn't happened here. He hasn't even come close to regaining his form. Uh, Philip Gustafson, is he a future net number one net miner? Maybe. Sure, he's still out on him. Always take longer to mature than anybody else. Forsberg for three I think, more I years. Think, I think Gustafson and Forsberg are the, the tandem that will... Yeah. We've, we've since... Now here's a th- way back throwback. Damian Rones and Ron Tugnut. Have we Woo! not have a one-two tandem? Uh, and so I think it's it's about time. And I think those two are 
are their tandem that will help solidify the, the goaltending. And uh, I'll disagree with you on one bit. There was a tandem Ottawa had after Rhodes and Tugna, but they just didn't let it mature and they didn't quite handle the goalies properly. And uh, that was Robin Leonard, Greg Anderson. Yeah. Yes. Agree. They gave up on Leonard way too soon. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they 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 weren't helping him at all actually you know no but we could talk about that that's another conversation another time um, no I I think it's more more of a personnel fix rather than on, like, in terms of behind the scenes rather than on the ice the ice the Senators pretty much for the first time since uh, coming out of the lockout when you had Heatley Spezza Albertson Mike Fisher Antoine Vermette uh, you know I could run through that roster that went that was dominant those first two years out of the lockout. This is the first time the Senators have looked that good since then. Uh, you know, when you want to feel joy, you you watch that compilation video of 2017. <laughs> you cry a little bit at the end. But uh, remember the good old times. Uh, Does the name Chris still give you the nightmares? No, I just. You, you you look at it and you go like, oh, if only this player wasn't screening or if only this <laughs> player's stick was like this much higher. And, you know, it's not like I was even in the building, like I could have made a difference. But I, I remember where I was, how I felt. It's, uh, I mean, I remember 07 and uh, what I felt and all that joy. Well, uh any last, uh, who do we think will be in the Western final? I'm going to save my, my picks for last. Oh, well, all the suspense. I want Avalanche Flames to make it far. That's all I want. Yeah, I'm happy with those two. Definitely Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see really can't see any other teams they're all it's those two and then the other six so yeah if it's i i would like colorado uh calgary and if it's a battle of alberta in the second round that like just is gonna make everything come alive in the province in the country uh so a good old provincial rivalry in the playoffs just makes it that much sweeter, whoever wins. Uh, so as long as it goes down that way, uh, I'll be happy. Well, I know I know everyone's picking Colorado. That's a sexy, safe pick to make. Uh, and while I, would I be surprised if they made the West Bend Conference Finals? No. I'm taking Minnesota-Calgary. Heard it here first. Interesting. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. I like it. So uh, we will be doing a playoff preview, of course, in a few weeks. Um, so uh, yeah, sports moves on. We have uh, we can finally say baseball again. Baseball is off the blacklist. Um, so we'll be doing a uh, preview very very soon. Look forward to that. Uh, we have a special. Um, <laughs> soccer episode to be released very very soon dependent on what happens this weekend with team canada in their hopefully qualifying for the world cup but uh, that episode will be released once 
we shake down or whatever happens no jinxing here because like sophie said very superstitious uh household um so yeah we got lots of stuff going on uh, if you want to hear about a sport let us know on our social media pages or on our email uh we will be doing a giveaway very very soon maybe to do with the baseball season starting uh please share the podcast uh let's grow more people more sponsors mean bigger prizes um and uh if you want to hear from a guest we will certainly give it our all to try and get that person on our small podcast uh, but if you have a recommendation if you know a sports fan that knows a lot more than what we're spouting and you want them to be heard give us a shout let us know and we will uh, certainly get in contact with them uh, but everyone thank you so very very much for coming on this episode uh, it's always a pleasure uh, staying up late uh, keeping uh, everything uh, together, if you will. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Enjoy sports. Uh, enjoy the warm weather. If you are in the Northern Hemisphere, I'm sorry, Australia and um, Brazil, I believe, are the two Southern Hemispheres that are going into their fall. Uh, you had your turn now it's ours so very sorry uh so thank you so much for joining us uh stay safe and sport on